You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Proverbs chapter 30 in your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 30, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that special. Proverbs chapter 30 in your Bibles tonight. And I want to look at some scripture passages here as we kind of just are doing an unofficial series in Proverbs. There's just a lot of wisdom to glean from this book, and I want to show you some things here and maybe explain some verses that you've read before, but you're like, what in the world is that talking about? And uh, sometimes when you read Proverbs especially, there can be some uh, things you read and it can be just something you question and I wonder what that's about but uh, I want to show you something here of where God brags if, if I could use that word or uh, about a certain group of, of beings here and uh, it's actually creatures and he talks about these creatures and he calls them exceedingly wise and so look at your Bibles if you would and uh, we're in Proverbs chapter number 30. Look at verse number 24, and we're going to look at verses 24 through 28 tonight. <clears throat> the Bible says, There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make they their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands, and is in king's palaces. So we're seeing some object lessons tonight, where God is saying, look at this, look at this, look at this, and look at this. And the, the, the lesson he's trying to teach us here is wisdom. These are exceeding wise, is what he says about them. So, if that's what we're talking about here, then, then we need to figure out why are they wise. But I want to preach a message tonight entitled, Little But Wise. Little But Wise. Let's pray together tonight. Our Father, we thank you again for church. Thank you for the Lord's Supper time. Thank you for the opportunity to sing and uh, to fellowship afterwards. And we're doing a lot of things we're supposed to be doing tonight as a church. And here's another one. We're preaching the Word of God. And so I pray that tonight you'd be in this service with us, speaking with our hearts, communicating with us, helping us, Lord, to seek and, and long for wisdom in our lives. We ask these things in your name. Amen. As we see here, God talks about the ants, the conies, the locusts, and the spiders. Now, it seems like if you're walking outside in Israel that day, you may see every one of those things. One quick thought I would just have for you here is that we should be observing spiritual truths everywhere. We should be looking for spiritual truths everywhere we go and looking at the world through a spiritual lens so that when you see something that you can look at it and apply a spiritual truth to it. I think that's a great skill to have and I think it would help us and help us to learn. So thinking spiritually is an important thing. So that's just a side thought for you there. But God draws our attention to things we would probably overlook in regards to wisdom. He draws our attention to these, these uh, creatures, and normally we'd probably overlook them if we said, you know, where is wisdom? I don't know if anybody would, would, uh, would mention the ants or the conies, the locusts or the spiders, but, but certainly that's what we're looking at here. They're little, but they're wise. Well, how'd they get that way? Well, God made them that way. 
God made creatures with these instincts, and it's an amazing thing that he did it. And how God created things, and I think one thing we ought to see when we look at scriptures like this and we see the wisdom of these little animals <clears throat> is to look beyond that and see the wisdom of God and see the, the creator God behind what he's doing here. And I think that's an amazing thing to see. So let's just dive in here because there's four animals. So what can we learn from these small creatures? What lessons regarding wisdom can we get from these animals? So look at number, verse 24. It says they're little but they're wise. Verse 25, the ants. Okay, so we're going to talk about ants for a little bit. And so in order to really get our minds on this, I have released millions of ants in this room right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. All right. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. So though they're little, and so and even by comparison, they're pretty, they're pretty weak, right? Now, ants are strong for, for being an ant, but by comparison, they're pretty weak. And so he said, even though they are that way, they prepare their meat in the summer. So what can we get about wisdom from ants? Well, I would say, first of all, wisdom prepares in advance for the tough times. Wisdom, what does wisdom do? Wisdom prepares in advance for the tough times. That's what the ants are doing. The ants are wise because they're working during the warm months. Go out to our parking lot today. You'll see some ants uh, during the warm months to provide the food for the cold months when they would starve. You know, they're not going out during the cold months, especially when you think of, of uh, places like uh, uh, th that have snow and all that. I've heard it said that there are, I forget the number, I want to say one or two billion ants on this planet for every human being. That's a lot of ants. A lot of them. But uh, they are prepared for the tough times. Have you ever seen doomsday preppers? Like, I don't know if there's a show called that, but, but people that prep for doomsday, you know, they've like hollowed out in, the, in the, like a basement. They've created themselves in like a tunnel system or whatever. They've got gas masks, and they are ready for like the apocalypse, they think. They've got like canned tuna downstairs and stuff that'll last for 40 years, and, and man, they've got stocks, they've got shelves stocked and all that. They are ready. <clears throat> now, I don't think that you have to go that far. I don't think, you know, you have to do all of that, but have you ever given any thought to what you would do, let's just say, if baby formula ran out? What would you do? Have you, have you ever given any thought to what you do? I mean, just a crazy thought off the top of my head, if, like, people started hoarding toilet paper? I mean, I know nothing like that would ever happen. I know that's silly to even think. It's silly to even imagine that people would start going to Costco and loading up their entire car with toilet paper. Like, I, I know we can't think about that as a re reality. Wait a second. Were you paying attention during COVID? What were people out of their minds doing? I mean, and, and it was, and you know, there, there is wisdom in being prepared for things, absolutely. I believe there's wisdom in being prepared financially for tough times, whether that be retirement, whether it be the emergency fund that you need. I mean, what's gonna happen if your car breaks down? Well, we'll figure it out when it happens. Maybe wisdom would set aside something and ha create that emergency fund. Uh, uh, what, what if the refrigerator goes out? What if there's a medical emergency? And so wisdom says, hey, I'm going to prepare in advance for the tough times. God is not against you preparing and planning. G God's not against that, especially planning for tough times. I believe there's also wisdom in preparing spiritually for tough times. Preparing spiritually. You say, well, pastor, how do you prepare spiritually for tough times? Here's what I see so often. Uh, often people go through a trial or a storm, whatever you want to call it, and then decide to run to God. 
and then decide to get spiritual. But I would say, I think we would avoid a lot of storms if we would just stayed spiritual. Because a lot of times trials are to wake us up and to get us back on track. And I would say, hey, not only do you prepare spiritually, uh, uh, and it may prevent storms, but it also helps you during the storm. Instead of having to run to God during the storm, it would be great if you were already there. If you were already close to him. So preparing spiritually is a good thing. Look, trials can come upon you suddenly. It was just seven or eight weeks ago when I was getting ready to preach on a Wednesday night and all of a sudden, appendicitis. And then I'm in the hospital. Then there's surgery. We haven't even gotten a bill for that yet. I can't even wait to see what that's going to be. You know, uh, sell your children and that's how you're going to... I don't know what they're going to ask for, you know. I never know. But they come upon you suddenly. There's no way to prepare for some trials. There's just not a way to do that. However, you can prepare spiritually, and you can practice the peace of God now. You, you know, you, if you have peace now, you can keep peace. If, if you, uh, you can stay prayed up. That's a good way. You can be studying the Word of God and laying aside truths that you may need later. So many times in my life I've, I've studied the scriptures and I've seen a truth and I thought, man, that's a great truth for a trial. And then a trial comes and God brings that truth up. And, and, and you are storing those things up because you're going to need them one day. And for the ants, man, there's wisdom here in preparing in advance. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at the next one. Conies, verse 26. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make they their houses in the rocks. What is a coney? Now, a lot of people say it's a rabbit. I don't, that's not what the word is in Greek uh, when I, or Hebrew when, when you look it up. The nearest thing we can figure out about a coney is, is called a hyrax or a rock badger. Now, if you'll go two slides forward here, I have a picture of a rock badger. There it is. Oh, it's so cute. Don't you just want to own one, Miss Ruth? I see you over there. You're looking like you need a, a rock badger in your house. Um, that's a rock badger, a hyrax. Now look what it's on. It's on some rocks. <laughs> now why is that? Because they don't burrow. They, they are not a type of badger that burrows into the ground. They have to find shelter among the rocks. Here's the thought here, okay? It says that the conies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses in the rocks. Would you write, if you're taking notes or if you're just listening, the wisdom seeks protection from predators. Wisdom seeks protection from predators. These are weak creatures. They're not burrowing. They're out in the open. And I think it's a good thing to know our weaknesses, to know that we are weak creatures, and to know that there are predators out there to get us. Uh, the world, our flesh, the devil, he's absolutely trying to get us. And we have enemies out there that are just waiting to lure us from safety or waiting for us just not to run to the safety that we have. They're, these hyraxes, if they're not in the rocks, they're just out in the open. And that's where predators want them. You know, I think more and more in our country, Christians are coming out in the open for their beliefs. More and more, we, Christians that, that want to hide in the shadows, if you really stick, you're being forced out more and more into the open because of all the different things that are out there. And we need to know as Christians where our safety lies. We need to know where to run to. We need to know, where, uh, you know that there are predators out there, that the devil is out to get us. So what is the answer? What do the conies do? It says they make their houses in the rocks. They make their houses in the rocks. I love it because if we apply it to our lives, we could say that they went to the rock. Going to the rock. 
That's where our safety lies as well, in the rock of Jesus Christ. That's where our safety is. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. How about uh, Proverbs 21.31, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And so when we're thinking about, hey, uh, you know, pastor, they're out to get me. You need to go to the rock. You need to make sure that you're dwelling in the safe places. Teenagers, if you've got parents in your home bringing you to church, thank God you got that shelter. Hey, we've got a church here. This is a shelter. This is a place of refuge away from the world. And thank God we have it. I thank God that I can run to Jesus in the word of God. I thank God I can run to him on my knees. And that God has given us some safety there. Remember playing tag as a kid. Remember tag? You had to have a base, right? You had to have somewhere where you knew, if I get there, I'm safe. I, I hate, uh, I told you this morning, I hate being scared. I don't like to be chased, okay? There's nothing fun about being chased, all right? I don't, wanna, I don't want someone chasing after me with a knife. Or, you know, I, I know that no one wants that, right? No one's like, I would really love someone to chase me with a knife. I don't think anybody's like that unless you just really need attention. But uh, I'm not, I don't like to be chased at all. Like if I, I just kind of like, ah, oh, stop. And I'd rather just turn around and face my fate, no matter what it is, than run. Like I'm not, I'm not going to run from a dog. I just, I'm not going to do it, all right? I know they're big, they're bad. I'd rather jump on top of something or just fight to the death. I just, I hate being chased, right? And I don't know what that's about. But anyway, uh, but, but when you're playing tag or something, you got to know there's a place of safety. And I, I think about, you know, as, as Christians in this world, we've got to know where to go to be safe. We've got to know that God is our safety. We've got, you know, well, I need to go to, to my friends and talk about this. I need to go to, Jesus is your safety, Safeties of the Lord. And I think there is wisdom that says, look, I'm going to protect myself against the things that want to get me. You know, the devil is very uh, uh, sly. He may try to get you through one of these. He may try to get you through a TV. He may try to get you through the internet. He may try to get you through a friend. He may try to get you through, through a multitude of ways. But, but wisdom says, I'm protecting myself against that. I'm going to get some blocks on the phone. I'm going to get some blocks on the TV. I'm going to keep an arm's distance between me and that, and that person at work that's showing a little interest. I'm, I'm going to get away from that. I'm going to, whatever it is, wisdom says, I'm protecting myself against the predators. I'm protecting. And I want to encourage you. That's, that is a wise thing that we see from this passage. We see ants. There's, when wisdom prepares in advance for the tough times, we see the conies, we see wisdom seeks protection from the predators. But I want you to look at the next verse here. It says, the locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. The locusts have no king. They have no leader. There's no head locust that's like three times as big as the other locusts. You know, there's none of that. But yet they go out by bands. What's the... What are we talking about here with locusts? Locusts are in the grasshopper family. Grasshopper family. There are swarming insects. Okay? And uh, I'll just tell you the point, and then we'll, I'll show you in a minute. What do we get from the locusts? We see that wisdom understands the power of teamwork. Wisdom understands the power of teamwork. Faith, my wife, hates. Hates is too nice of a word. She despises, loathes, detests grasshoppers. Like that, there's nothing in this world 
I think, that creeps my wife out more than a good old grasshopper. And, uh, and she's got stories, like horror stories, like PTSD, like some stories about grasshoppers. Now, the problem is she probably shouldn't have married me then because we, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you, you, know, you know me. You know what I'm going to do. And so my, I, took, uh, we, I was going out to, to speak at a men's barbecue at Brother Shannon Scott's church. And I took some of the teenagers with me. I took uh, one of our men with us. And I took my boys. And uh, we were going to go to, for the Oscars with me, and we were going to go to the, uh, there was a huge reptile show in, uh, in Anaheim at the convention center. I saw the big billboards for it. And I thought, man, my boys would love to go see some reptiles. There's going to be snakes. I'm thinking like there's just live alligators like right in the middle. There was none of that. That would have been amazing, you know, like if we could have seen that. But there was none of that. But there were snakes and like these little, you could go buy all the snakes you wanted. And so imagine what type of people were at this event. Bunch of weirdos, right? I'm just kidding. I don't know if you like snakes, but, but uh, it, it, you know, definitely a lot of face tattoos in that place. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you could buy chameleons. You could buy spiders. They had whip scorpions or whip It was, looks, like a, looks like someone had taken a scorpion and a spider and had, like, mixed them. Uh, they had just some terrifying things there. And so I took some pictures, and I was sending them to my wife. And then I go over to one table, and they had these little uh, plastic cups with lids on them, full, completely full of grasshoppers. And I'm talking like big grasshoppers. And they're stuck to the side with their arms and legs out, just like big, huge grasshoppers. They're, they're clear, they could see through them. And so, so I took my, my phone out, and I got as close as I could, and I'm snapping these wonderful pictures of grasshoppers to send to my wife to show my love and appreciation for her, it was not a good decision. But she, ah, you know, I could just hear the scream through the phone. It was worth it. It was amazing. But that's what I did, okay? But it, when you when you think about grasshopper, and you should go online sometime and just look at what even recently locusts have done in Africa and other places. They come through and they wipe things out. I mean, there is power. If you see one little one little grasshopper, one little locust, you used to see the shells on the trees in Arkansas. I mean, you could just walk over and. And just easily kill if you wanted to. When you see a million of them, I mean, they're, they're tearing things apart. That's what's happening. They don't have a leader. They don't have an organizer, but they are organized. Now, it says there in the Bible, in the verse there, it says, go they forth all of them by bands. What's that mean? That literally means that they are that to be divided into ranks. To go forth by bands means to be divided into ranks. It means to have the appearance of an army. They're organized. They look like an army going out, you know, just like in line. It, 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 and, and they have no leader. God put that in them. And there is wisdom in these creatures. And, and again, they devastate everything when they're together. When they're together. And I think as a church, we need to have a team mentality. Well, you cannot be a lone ranger Christian. You, you can't be that. You have to be part of the team. You have to be part of what's going on here. It, it, you, this should not be in your vocabulary. I, uh, you know, I go to your church. You should be saying, I go to my church. It's not, it's not they go to church. It's 
we go to church. It's not they fellowship, it's we fellowship. It's not they go soul winning, it's we go soul winning in order to reach Long Beach. It's not, you know, they give to support missions, it's we give to support missions. It's not they do the work of the ministry, it's we do the work of the ministry. We visit people in the hospital, we help the poor, we help the needy, because there should be a team. Look, how in the world could one person reach all of Long Beach? It's impossible. One little grasshopper is not going to do anything. But when there's a team, a lot of work can get done. A lot more can get done. I remember, I don't know if I read the book or just watched the movies of The Three Musketeers when I was a kid. Alexander Dumas, what did he say in there? The, the, the motto of The Three Musketeers was all for one and one for all. Hey, we're in this thing together. There is power in teamwork, and, we, and, and what does it force us to do? It forces us to answer a call higher than ourselves. A call higher than ourselves. In teamwork, it, with a team mentality, no one person gets all the credit or all the blame. It's we are doing this together. There's wisdom in that. And God is saying, look at these creatures. If they can get organized and go forth all of them by bands and accomplish a lot... Maybe God's people should do the same thing. So we've got ants, which teach us that wisdom prepares in advance. We see with the conies that wisdom seeks protection. Hey, I'm not going to put myself out there just for the enemy to get me. I'm going to run to safety. Then we see from the locust that wisdom understands the power of teamwork. And the last one, which is probably the most difficult to really glean a truth from here, but it says the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in a king's palaces. A lot of people have debated this verse. If you ever pick up a commentary and look on this verse, it'll say that spider is mistranslated and that it should be lizard, and that it should be a lizard can be taken with your hands easily, and there's all this speculation about the different translation, all that type of stuff. It, I don't think it matters either way what it is, but I want to show you here, what is it saying about spiders? I believe it is showing us here. It's saying that a spider uh, uh, taketh hold with their hands and is in king's palaces. Um, Every room in your house has spiders. I just want to let you know. Right now, your seat has four underneath it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm never coming back to church. No, I'm just playing with you. But I guarantee you there's spiders in this room. You know, we have underneath these stairs, there's these little access panels. And sometimes for our teen activities, we'll have a hide-and-seek-in-the-dark teen activity. And we'll have teenagers come and like hide under those panels. And I'm like, never in a million years. I would never get under there. You know why? Because I've opened up those panels before and seen spiders the size of my hand waving at me. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting in there. No, thank you. That's his house now. He, can, he don't even have to pay rent. He can stay. All right? But I'm not doing that because I'll tell you, they're everywhere. But if you think about it, like, there are certain places, like, there are certain bugs that just don't come in your house. Probably could. So, so what is this really talking about here? What's it saying? <clears throat> These are, spiders have to climb everywhere with their hands. They spin new webs every night. Every night they're spinning new webs. And our, our resident spiderologist is Brother Johnson. He's happened to be in town. If you have any questions about spiders, go see Brother Johnson, okay? And, uh, but uh, I've actually taken pictures of spiders and sent it to him before. What is this? It's huge. But, uh, it, and how often, you know, we walk through a cobweb and you hate it. Because you just imagine there's tin on your neck as soon as you walk through a cobweb. Oh, oh, you're fighting the air, you know. I think that's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians, you know, about fighting the air. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm kidding about that. But, uh, you know, it, it, and, it's a, and it's a work of art. What, are we, what, what do I think this is talking about here? I think with spiders, the wisdom here is that wisdom sees the value of persistence. 
Wisdom sees the value of persistence. Spiders are in every, are in every house. They're in king's palaces. You go to the Taj Mahal today, guess what? There's going to be spiders there. In the White House right now, there's going to be spiders. Our president's probably eating them. But anyway, there, there, there's, there's, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's probably spiders in the White House right now. I mean, there absolutely are. Everywhere. Go to the Queen of England's bedroom. Guess what? There's a spider in there somewhere. Somewhere. They, they are persistent. They get everywhere. But sometimes I look around like, how in the world did you get there? You know, in, in our house. And I think there is wisdom in, in the persistence of the spider. It's almost, if you watch spiders, it's almost, and by the way, I hate them very much, but, but if you watch them, it's almost like they know mathematics and architecture. You ever see the webs that these things weave and the wisdom that God gave them to do those things? It's, it's an amazing thing that God did that. To me, that's a picture of persistence. What is persistence? And this is our last point. We're almost done. Persistence means firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. In other words, even when there's opposition coming, if you're persistent, you're just going to stay the course. You're just going to stay the course even if things are difficult. So many Christians nowadays buckle under the pressure so easily. It gets hard to live right. It gets hard to do the right thing, and they buckle under that pressure. Look, we need to be stubborn about some things. We need to be kind, but we need to be stubborn about some things. In other words, we're just going to do it this way. If it's the Bible way, that's how we're going to do it. And be stubborn about that and be persistent. The Bible tells us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And there are things that we should be persistent about no matter what difficulty or opposition arises. I think of the story in the New Testament how Jesus talked about importunity. Where the guy goes to the judge's door and it's knocking and knocking and knocking. He says, no, I'll, I'll, I'll help you tomorrow. And he's knocking and knocking. I'll help you tomorrow. And he's knocking and knocking and knocking. And eventually he opens up. There was persistence. I think we ought to be persistent in prayer. Submit your will to God. Be humble, but be persistent. I think we ought to be persistent in soul winning. You say, well, I witnessed my family member one time, and they said they'll think about us, so I never have to talk to them again. Maybe persistence is a good key to have there. Being persistent again and again and again. <clears throat> well, I, when I go soul winning, people just don't want to hear. That's nonsense. There are people that want to hear. We just have to be persistent. How many times would it have taken you to believe on the first, uh, uh, when you heard the gospel? Usually it's t a couple times. Be persistent. Christians should be able to survive harsh climates. Christians should be able to, able to survive offenses when they come our way. We should persist even when it seems like everybody is against us. If you know what is right, do it. That is wisdom. Be kind about it. You don't have to be mean about it. But do it. There's wisdom in that, and there are rewards in that. So as we're looking at these little creatures, I think God was God in his wisdom put in these creatures this wisdom. And now he's saying to us, look what I did in them. There's wisdom in them that you, as a human, with a soul, with a brain, can learn from these little insects. What does he say? Well, he say, well I think the first thing is there that Wisdom talks about being prepared. Wisdom seeks protection. Wisdom understands the power of teamwork. And wisdom sees the value of persistence. Could you use some wisdom from these small, fragile creatures? Could, could you learn something from them? 
And I want to encourage you just to, as I went back to that first thought I gave you, learn to look for spiritual truths everywhere you go. But just, uh, just some thoughts here I hope would be a blessing to you. Maybe tonight there's, there needs to be some preparation in your life. Preparing spiritually for hard times, preparing financially, whatever it may be. Maybe there needs to be in you uh, the wisdom to protect yourself from yourself. Make not provision for the flesh. Don't make it easy for yourself to sin. Maybe the wisdom tonight would be where God's speaking to you to say, protect yourself from yourself. Protect yourself that, that you won't put yourself in a situation where you could compromise or you could sin. Wisdom, maybe today, the power of teamwork. And, you, and, and you've been sitting out when you need to get in. And maybe God, and by the way, I, 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 I'm so excited in August to, at the end of August, to share with you some new ministries and some things. I'm, I'm very excited about it, working on it right now. I talk to some people, going to loop our staff in. There's some new things we're doing. And I hope that we'll see people that have been sitting on the sidelines say, I'm, I'm jumping in. I'm getting in. And then maybe tonight the wisdom for you is you've been tempted to quit on something that's good. You've been t- tempted to quit on something you know is right. Maybe it's Wednesday night church. Maybe it's Sunday night church. And it's been difficult for you to get here. But I would encourage you to be stubborn and obstinate about serving God. In other words, when you know something is right, you're not changing about it. You're just going to do it. And be persistent in your walk with God. Be persistent in your witness for God. Some wisdom here. And I hope we're grabbing something tonight. Father, I thank you for the scriptures that you've given us here. I thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you put into these little creatures. And I don't know tonight what each of us need, but I pray that we would take some time to consider what it is that you would have for us tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and we're done right on time. But I want to just take a moment and give you an opportunity. You can just stay where you're at if you want to, but spend some time with the Lord. Did God speak to you about something tonight? Is there some preparation that you need to be making? Maybe your spiritual life's been slacking off. You could be prepared for the trials if you'll just have wisdom. Maybe for some of you, it's protection, and you need to protect yourself against the devil, against the flesh, protect yourself against yourself. And maybe you've been putting yourself in situations that make it real easy to sin. Stop it. Make a decision about that tonight. Tell God what you're going to do and what you won't do. Maybe tonight the decision is to, is to understand the power of teamwork and say, you know what, this church could do a lot more if I was involved. And not in a proud way, but just understanding that that's how synergy works. The more people involved can get more work done. Perhaps the decision tonight for you is, hey, you've been tempted to quit on something good, and you just need to be persistent.